Hi, this is Susie McGrath. I play Tam Rivor in Star Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is my review of The Clone Wars, Season 7, Episode 11, Shattered. This is Part 3 of 4 of The Siege of Mandalore, the next to the last episode, and it was maybe the best one. Uh, This episode is incredible. I know it's the third, fourth... The third, fourth of a, of a movie, um, if I said that right. But just by itself, it's incredible. Um, you know, if you listen to my review from last week for Phantom Apprentice, I said I uh, wasn't a big fan of it at first, and then it kind of grew on me. This episode was, in my opinion, just so much better with, I mean, mainly because it's Order 66. We, after all these years, we finally get it on Clone Wars. And just because you know it's coming, and well, again, this is full spoilers for Rebels. So if you haven't seen Rebels and know the fates of the characters, uh, maybe listen to that first or watch that first before you listen to this. Cause I will address who, you know, lives and dies, um, into the next series. Uh, but since it's already happened, I assume, you know, um, so just the fact, yes, we know Ahsoka and Rex and Maul would all survive two rebels. Um, just the whole situation here was incredible. And, the between the animation and the music and the the dialogue, I mean, everything came together to make an incredible episode, and it should set up a heart wrenching finale. Um, you know, as so we said, so combination of dread and hope, um, and you know, it's typical of Star Wars. Uh, but let's get into it. This episode, written once again by Dave Filoni. He's written all three so far, so I assume he was the sole writer on the the Siege of Mandalore movie. Uh, But this particular episode, this segment, was directed by Sal Ruiz. So, uh, once again, we just jump right back in. Um, The Siege of Mandalore is over, and the good guys won. You know, it's hard to just say, oh, the good guys won because... You know, hours later, the Republic will become the Empire, and we know from Rebels that the Empire takes over Mandalore. So, you know, a lot of <laughs> a lot of parts moving around at this point in galactic history. Um, but Ahsoka and Bo-Katan are victorious for what they set out to do, 
And I, I like, you know, Bo mentions it here, Ahsoka mentions it later. Um, you know, they both want to be good at something other than war. Um, but it's all they've been doing. And then, you know, Rex mentions that's what the clones were made for, which, you know, another purpose too. But yeah, yeah, that's it's just an interesting message from both these characters that they they had other purposes. You know, they could have done other things with their people or um, the people they're around, like Ahsoka being a Jedi and Bo with her with the Mandalorian culture of the people. Um, but now they got dragged into this, and they've known war. And, you know, that changes in some ways for them later on, but still comes back to that when we see them in Rebels. Um, you know, Bo will lead her people. Uh, Soka will be a leader in her own right. Um, oh, I did want to mention, uh, it's kind of a blink and you'll miss it. Bo does hand Ahsoka her lightsabers, so they found them wherever they were. Because um, on the first viewing, when it got to the ship, I'm like, wait a minute, didn't she lose her lightsabers last week? How did she get them back? But um, yeah, the Mandalorians found them and got them back to her. Um, so just kind of a nice concluding conversation here between the two. <clears throat> and then we move on to the hologram meeting for, uh, that was in Return of the Jedi, and they matched up the dialogue. So this helps to put the episode at day four, uh, as far as the timeline of Revenge of the Sith, um, Thanks, thanks once again to All Things Kenobi, at All Things Kenobi on Twitter for putting out this timeline in advance of this series, or this um, this movie, uh, to help establish like how many days uh, Revenge of the Sith lasted and you know where we are as far as the, the events. So Order 66 was, it had been four days once the movie started. So that's where we are. So, yeah, we get that meeting right after Obi-Wan engaged General Grievous on Utapau. So that's exactly where we, we start out. And if you remember in the movie, once Cody informs the council that they've engaged General Grievous, that's when Anakin is instructed by Mace Windu to take this news to the Chancellor and gauge his reaction. So, and I've already seen a video on Twitter about it, and I forgot to write down who it was to give credit, but they already synced up the two scenes, so you know, like, uh, I think that Anakin missed Ahsoka by like 37 seconds in the conversation. Um, so, yeah, but we, you know, they kept some of the dialogue here, um, Silas Carson is Keati Mundi. I think I think he has since passed away, uh, which is unfortunate. So they retained his dialogue, but they had Tom Kane and T.C. Carson um, re-record -re the lines for Yoda and Mace Windu, respectively. Uh, I mean, it's an exact match for the movie. It really lines it up well. 
Uh, but then it continues as Ahsoka comes in to inform them of that uh, they've captured Maul and uh, that she will accompany Rex to Coruscant. And it gets you know tense here because um, you know, she says she, she did did this as a citizen. Yoda says, as a Jedi, and she says, not yet. So, and that the one line makes you think, if things had turned out differently, you know, if the Jedi had survived, would she have considered coming back? We'll never know, but... Um, yeah, I thought, thought that was really interesting. And then, you know, it's just between her and Yoda. And... You know, the message she wanted to give to Anakin, she never really does give it to him. Even though they'll meet, what, 15 years later. Um, I did like that it's a scene that comes down to Ahsoka and Yoda. Because it really pays off when they see each other in Rebels. In that uh, that Force Vision episode. Um, that was one of the most endearing things to me in that whole series was when Yoda waves at her. <laughs> it's like, just good to see an old friend. So uh, I thought that paid off well in this scene. Um, but once that's over and we move on to you know, getting Maul loaded up and leaving Mandalore to go back to Coruscant, this is where Kevin Kiner became the MVP of the episode. I mean... I've talked about him before. He he did a great job on the series. I mean, it, became, it was familiar Star Wars music. But he has just excelled in Siege of Mandalore overall. The first two episodes had very in, intense, uh, bombastic music for the battles. But what he did here was just incredible. It's and I've seen people compare it to Blade Runner. I unfortunately have not seen that movie enough to make that connection. Uh, what what I thought of was uh, the Dark Knight with the Joker's music, where it wasn't really a theme. It was just that sound as he's you know t- telling the stories about how he got his scars and when he's um, but, uh, you know about to kill somebody in a very tense scene. It's just that uh, that sound that you realize oh there is music and it's creeping me the hell out. That's what Kevin Kiner did here. As soon as it wipes from the council scene to them getting ready to take off, he just starts this foreboding dread music. And it makes, I mean, it just fills you with dread. That, that, that was the word that just kept popping into my mind when this was happening. I mean, he, yes, we get some. You know, action music later, but what he did from here until Order 66 happens. Uh, it's simplistic, but it was so effective. It was amazing. Um, so yes, Kevin Conner just excelled here. Can't wait to see what he has in the finale. Um, I really liked Mo- uh, Maul's mobile prison. Uh, you know, kind of set up for transport like a carbonite slab, but he's still in there, you know, active. Well, I mean, you know, he knows what's going on, but he's obviously secured. Um, 
And the fact it's like a relic from when the Jedi and the Mandalorians had their war. <clears throat> um, yeah, I still want stories about that <clears throat> to find out that history. Um, so, you know, we say goodbye to Bo-Katan and Ursa Wren here. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see them again. And um, Ursa's got a toddler to go home to right now if <laughs> in the timeline. Yeah, Sabine's, um, Sabine was already born. So she's probably like two right here. Um, and I was thinking about it. Bo doesn't meet Ahsoka in Rebels. So this may be their la the last time they see each other. So, you know, they, got, they came together to help each other, but this is it. Of course, Ahsoka will work with Ursa's daughter. Um, yeah, I wrote Sense of Dread as they returned to the cruiser, and, but I've already talked about it. Yeah, just the, the music as they, they leave the atmosphere and go to the go to the cruiser and take off to hyperspace. It's you can you can just cut the cut it with a knife the way the way the tension was. And um, so I talked about, you know, Ahsoka having that talk to talk with Rex about all she's known as war. And, you know, he had the great line, without the war, the clones wouldn't exist. Well, that was Sidious's plan the whole time. Um, all those years, you know, creating the clones a decade before and then having them fight this three-year war to get to this point. Yeah, but we got Rex out of it. Um, yeah, the other clones can, you know, <laughs> jump off a bridge. <laughs> um, but, I mean, now we're at the point we, we've gotten there. Rex goes for, the, for a briefing, we thought. And then Maul and Ahsoka both hear Anakin turn through the Force. And... Now, uh, this is cool. If you noticed in the credits, they did reuse uh, Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson and Ian McDermott and Hayden Christensen's dialogue from that scene. Um, where Anakin turns on Mace and saves Sidious and turns to the dark side. The only line, and I caught it, and I thought it sounded like him when I watched it the first time. They did have Matt Lanter re-record What Have I Done? And, yeah, it's a nice way to tie it back to the fact that he was Anakin on the show. So, you know, it kind of merges live action and uh, animated really well here. Yeah, so Ahsoka felt it, and Maul did too. Um, but she doesn't yet know what became of Anakin. Um, maybe we'll find out next episode. We're not sure. As I'm recording this, we're just like six hours away. But I wanted to make sure I got this recorded before then so that I don't have the finale in my head. Um, I mean, you may listen to this after you've seen both, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I have not seen the finale. So this is, you know, there's still, this is my last chance for speculation. 
Um, so yeah, Ahsoka doesn't know what became of Anakin. So then we get the hologram where uh, Sidious gives Order 66 to the clones. I do like that Rex called him Lord Sidious, which, because of you know talking to Obi-Wan in the last episode, he knows the name. I mean, he knows what's up. And... I mean, this is where it differs. I mean, think about it, like between *Revenge of the Sith* and the Kanan comic, where when he was Caleb Doom, and *Jedi Fallen Order*. If you've played that, we've seen Order sixty six from so many different perspectives now, and they're already doing the mashups, where like you can go on YouTube and see them now. It's real. It's really amazing. Just where all the Order sixty six announcements happen at the same time and you watch how they all play out but Rex is the different one because and I'm glad I went back and watched the episodes uh, with fives from season six I mean he has just enough knowledge <clears throat> of the inhibitor chips and the doubt in his mind that it turns out differently because I mean look at Cody in in the in, in Revenge of the Sith loyal to Obi-Wan till the end, but as soon as he gets the order, he fires on him. Which is how it was supposed to go, according to Sidious's plan. But Rex, he resisted just long enough, thanks to Fives. And well, what happened to Tup? I mean, just that whole arc right there. Um, and he's able to... I mean, he's he's you know, clones follow orders, but he, he resisted just long enough to, you know, get an Ahsoka message before they started firing. And again, Kevin Kiner, he recreated, you know, the, you know, after all that dread music, he recreated the music from order 66 in the movie when Ahsoka's fighting them off. And yeah, that's a, body blow to your emotions too. Um, but, you know, Ahsoka's trying like crazy just to, you know, get out of there alive. And I didn't even notice on first viewing. Um, she's not just defending herself. She's deflecting the blaster bolts upward to create the hole that she escaped through. Because in the first viewing, I thought, oh, she's, um, you know, just deflecting boat, b bolts, and then she jumps up and uses a lightsaber to cut the hole. No, she did it with the bolts, and that was pretty awesome. Um, now, Maul, um, the order to execute him, I'm guessing Rex just figured, uh, let's just eliminate everybody, because obviously Maul's not a Jedi, or never was, so he's probably not on the hit list or under the strict guidelines of Order 66. But Rex was probably like, just let's just get rid of him anyway. <clears throat> but Ahsoka, you know, frees him just because she needs a diversion. Um, which I, I thought was cool. It's not like, hey, uh, we can help each other get out of here. She's like, no, I need you to go that way and cause some crap to go on <laughs> so that I can go this way. Um, that That's a nice... Yeah, you know, swerve to the you know, even though we knew Maul and 
Ahsoka would survive to encounter each other all those years later. You know, how they each survived the Order 66 is nice. Didn't, you know, we're finally finding out. Um, so, yeah, so, and then uh, also the twist of uh, Ahsoka getting droids to help her. You know, I didn't really see that coming. And, you know, they're confused as to what's going on, too. So they're, you know, more than willing to help her because they don't know. And plus, um, R7 uh, has helped her before. She's He's been her droid when she flies her uh, Starfighter. And we get Dave Filoni again as uh, Cheap. <laughs> um, you know, he was Chopper <laughs> on uh, Rebels. So he's he plays the... You know, the C1 droids. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, it's... You know, this is where the action's picking up, and it's taking all these turns you weren't sure about, like, you know, what happened to Maul, and how did Ahsoka get help? Um, you know, and she, she has a chance to learn about the chips and what they do, or at least the orders. So... You know, will this information help her out later? Um, we'll see. Um, and a lot of people instantly notice that Anakin's code to unlock uh, Rex's um, file was 8108, which is uh, the date of the Clone Wars movie being released, um, August 10th of 2008, which only works in America, oddly enough, because <laughs> so, uh, I know for the... Uh, European listeners, at least British, it's reverse. It would be like 10 August 08. Anyway, so imagine 8108 will become a popular number to use among fandom like 1187 um, and all. Wait. FN2. 2187. I was trying to think of Finn's number. Yeah, 2187. One, THX1138. Okay. Yeah, one one three eight, twelve um, two one eight seven, and then eight one zero eight. Those will be your popular numbers now. Um. So anyway, uh, you know, Ahsoka's finding out what she can. She's got to get to Rex, and then <laughs> Maul's hallway scene. Uh, I mean, it's just a different enough from Vader's in Rogue One that it doesn't feel like a copy. And for one thing, he doesn't have his lightsaber. He does this just with the Force. Um, it made me think of uh, X-Men 2, uh, X2, X-Men United, when Magneto escaped from prison, and he managed to fashion some um, iron weapons. Uh, that's what I kind of thought of. Like He had just enough abilities to take out the... The guards and all that, but man, that was just so awesome when you know the clone troopers are already falling back, and then Maul rounds the corner and he's just got that look like, yeah, you're you're all gone. Um, you know, and when I had the closed captioning on for the notes, um, you know, they mentioned he was heading to the hangar, so I imagine he's just trying to get to a ship to get out of there while drawing their attention. Um. We'll see if he makes it or not, or if there's a final encounter with Ahsoka or not. Um, yeah, and I liked the twist that, you know, 
Ahsoka had to capture Rex to save him. <clears throat> and the you know the complicated plot with the droids and getting the hallways lined up and you know uh, shocking him with uh, R seven doing that. But it was, it was a pretty pretty cool plan, especially one that had to be done in a hurry. By the way, before I mention it, as far as we know, all this takes place in hyperspace. Um, they haven't yet gone to Coruscant yet, and I assume they're still on the way to Coruscant. So, um, also, you know, there's clone officers on the ship, um, like wearing the you know gray garb. Do they get Order 66 too, or is it just the troopers? That's part of the... I don't know. Because, I mean, is it literally everybody on the ship against her, or is it just the troops? Maybe we'll find that out, too. Um, now, when, when they're doing the medical exam, and she can't find the chip immediately, I thought maybe Rex had already removed it when he had his suspicions after uh, what happened to Fives. Um, I thought that maybe that would be it. Like, turns out he had already removed it, so he he wouldn't be influenced. Um, but no, it's it's in there, and they find it um, by using the Rogue One thing. Uh, the I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. Um, that Chirrut and Baze did, and that's uh, I did not expect that connection to Rogue One, but it was awesome, and it seems like a non. Force user way to connect to the Force. Uh, I mean, if that's how she got to Rex, that that's great. I mean, that's yeah, it's very, just a powerful moment. Um, but that allows her to find the chip, and um, you know, they do that. It's a pretty quick surgery to get it out too. Uh, but it's Star Wars, you know, it's good technology. Um, so you know, the clones. Uh, we're, we're almost at the end. You know, the clones are about to come through the door. Um, and when they, when they break through, I noticed she was trying to, Ahsoka was trying to be as non-lethal as possible. You know, um, I don't know if that was by design or not, but it just seems like, you know, she's trying to be loyal to them to the end, even though they are trying to kill her at this point that, you know, these are people she fought with. And even though, you know, she's fighting for a life, I mean, she, she can't bring herself to just flat out like murder them like Maul did. You know, she's force pushing them and just trying to get them out of the way and lock the door, lock it again. Now Rex, you know, he, he doesn't care. So, you know, once he's snaps out of it or whatever you want to say, you know, once he has full control of his abilities again, I mean, he comes out guns blazing to take out the clones and get the door shut again. So, Yeah, just the way this played out, I mean, it was surprising. Like I say, I thought maybe maybe Rex had already removed the chip, so he didn't have to, have to process the order, but he has to take out other clones to protect her. But the way we got to it is, you know, different, where he resisted just enough. And, um, Ahsoka has to save him first for him to save her. I mean, it's... It, it's nice, and it helps to establish that bond they're going to have, you know, until, well, well, maybe we haven't seen the end. Who knows? Man, I would love to see Rex and, and Ahsoka on Mandalorian. We shall see. Uh, 
but that's the end of the episode. The clones are trying, still trying to break down the door. And we've got one more to go. Um, but that, yeah, like I say, I'm going to watch that in a few hours. So my next review, <laughs> the final Clone Wars review will be not too long from now. And I will find a way to tie that into my season eight uh, season finale review of The Mandalorian, which I still haven't done. So those will all be coming out pretty soon together. Um, but yeah, this, this is an amazing episode, and I love it. I'm sure it's just going to get better with time. Uh, but thanks for listening. I'll wrap it up because we'll be back really soon with another episode. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. Uh, all the Radio Dakar episodes, all the reviews and everything else are on most major podcast platforms, uh, Anchor, SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple, Spotify, Overcast. Um, if you'd like to be uh, help out the show and become a patron. You can do so at patreon.com slash radio Dakar. Um, but thank you again for listening. I'll be back for one more go around with the clone wars until then. May the force be with you. <laughs>